Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series entitled Discover Your Design. We believe that God gives every one of us unique gifts, and if we discover what they are and how we can use them to serve others, it can bring incredible fulfillment to our lives. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you back to this series that we began a couple of weeks ago. If you're new, then we are talking about how to discover our design, how God's made us, how God has uniquely created us. He's put gifts inside of us. He's given us, you may not know this, because he's put a deposit in you, he has an assignment for you. He has kingdom assignments for you personally, not for someone else, not for someone that you view has more opportunities or a different position. He has assignments prepared before you ever born for you. And so we're trying to understand those, understand those gifts, understand that design so that we can be more effectively used by the one who made us. And so I wanna welcome those also that are watching online. I wanna say happy Father's Day to all the dads. Come on, let's give dad a big round of applause. All right. You know, Mother's Day is like, Second Easter moms, come on now. I mean, it's just like, you know, we just, is second Easter. Dads, here's a tie, here's a grill to put together. Why don't you cook us something on it, by the way, for your own happy day. But anyway, um, it's just kind of the way it is. But I tell you, one of the things I love to do that I've done for several years is I just love to offer you a gift from me, and that is to pray for you. So at the end of my message today, I'm gonna have all the dads stand and I'm gonna pray for you because you are needed now more than ever. Let's look at the book of Romans. It's been home base for us. Romans chapter 12 is where we're gonna go. I'm gonna read to you a verse there in verse three, and then we're gonna look this week, and I'm gonna be a little more practical and a little more detailed. And so I have the, the notes there for you if you're watching online or you're also watching at 1230, I have some notes for you. Those of you here in the room, I'm gonna have a larger graph and I'm gonna be a little more granular than I usually am because this week I wanna make sure that you are able to answer a couple of questions that I think you have. Because we've been talking about this design area, we've been talking about the fact that you have gifts, we've been talking about how you're wired, and I wanna answer a couple of questions. I think one of the big questions that a lot of you have is, what is my gift? Do I really know what it is? And do I really know what is, is put in there by the God who created me? And so I wanna, I wanna answer that question for you by showing you the biblical gifts. And yet I think there's also some of you that are saying, I think I know a gift that I have. I think I've maybe even started to operate in it and use it, but what's, what's holding me back? What are some of the barriers from me really exercising my gift, and so I wanna answer those couple of questions for you. Now what I've found is sometimes you don't even know what people are getting. It's our job just to keep giving what God has given us to bless others. <clears throat> I had this happen uh, several years ago. In 2013, I was invited by one of my children to speak at a chapel service, 
And so I, you know, I started, uh, God just kind of had my number. I started speaking in school. I would do these different things and I was involved in plays and different stuff, never really knowing that God was preparing me for what I would do uh, for the rest of my life. And so I, I you know, have, have learned sometimes that you have a desire for people to get one thing, but you don't always know exactly what they get. And this was illustrated when I spoke at chapel for one of my kids when they were in the first grade. I went to chapel and I thought, you know, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a real powerful message for them. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was powerful. I had some powerful truths that could, you know, just change a first grader's life. And I know it was important. And so I had it, but I thought, you know, I, I got to bring a little more to keep these little rascals' attention. So I recruited a few people to be involved in a skit. And so I did my powerful, powerful anointed message, but then I did a skit. And on the way to going to this moment, I stopped at the store and I got some fruit snacks and I gave away some fruit snacks and I offered my gift and I offered my power and I got back some feedback from them after I showed up to deposit this anointed truth and they said to me, dear Mr. Little, thanks for speaking to us in chapel. I like the skit and thanks also for the fruit snacks. Please come again. <laughs> Another one said, Dear Mr. Little, I love the skit. Thank you for the fruit snacks. <laughs> and then the other one said, Dear Mr. Little, thank you for speaking to us in chapel. I loved hearing the story. Thank you for the fruit snacks. So I'm just saying, you just kind of give it away. You don't really know what's the most powerful point of this. I think the powerful truth was lost in the fruit snacks. But let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we could do the whole series on just verses one and two, and let me just give you the gist of the way the Apostle Paul starts this chapter, so important for you to get. He says, you don't even get started in understanding your gifts until you offer yourself as a living sacrifice, till you surrender yourself to the hand of the God who created you and then he gives us some understanding. I think this is important for us to get. He says this in verse three, for by the grace given to me. So he's saying, even what I'm offering you is by the grace of God. I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Some of you may think too less of yourself. Others of you may think too highly of yourself. Either way, what we learn here is that it all comes from the grace of God, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Have a God-type understanding of how you're made and how God's created you in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Then he tells us we're members of one another, so that's important to note. We'll see that today as I talk to you about some of the barriers and how the gifts interact. But let's, let's look at what it says here. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Now, the gifts I'm about to read to you, I grew up in church, 
And I grew up hearing about these gifts. In fact, we would take assessments like you can take here at Milestone in 201 where we talk to you about how these gifts work and you can find your gift. And this was kind of before a lot of the personality assessments and different profiles and different things. But I grew up understanding these gifts and I wanna share something with you as I began to understand these are not the only gifts listed in the Bible. There's seven of them here, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells us about some other gifts, and there's a distinctive between those gifts, those nine gifts present there, 21 gifts in the Bible. Ephesians chapter four says that there are some gifts that some people have, and these gifts are to help all people be equipped. The 1 Corinthians 12 gifts, it says they are a manifestation they are, if you will, the gifts of the Holy Spirit that manifest in our lives. And did you know in 1 Corinthians, we're actually encouraged to desire those. I don't think God would ask us to desire a set of gifts that are not available to us. Did you know in that section, we're gonna talk about one of the gifts today, and I, wanna, I want you to get this because it helps you distinguish and understand better. It says, I would that all of you might prophesy in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Yet what we see here is these gifts are more in how we are wired, how God has made us, how he's distributed his grace to us, how he has made us and created us. I think that's very important. And we gotta get this word grace. If you're gonna understand gifts and how gifts work, in this section of scripture, you have to understand this word grace. It's God's grace in our lives. It comes from the root word charis, this, this understanding here. But by the way, really that word, the root of that word even is broader. It's, it's greater. This, this word is found and connected to words like grace, gift, joy, rejoice, giving, receiving. So what is, what is God saying to us? This is important for you to get, that you understand I'm not gonna think more highly of myself than I ought because I know that it is not me at all, but it's God's distribution of his grace in my life. And yet it's also connected to how I give it away to others and how I understand others. And when I understand that at God's perspective, then I give, I receive. I create an environment through the hand of God that there's rejoicing, there's fulfillment, there's something dynamic that begins to happen. And that's why this word grace is so important for how we see ourselves, but also how we see others and how we're members of one body and we need one another. And I also wanna say to you, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more in depth next week about this, this is not just for church. This is in your home. When you understand your gifts and then you understand the people closest to you and how God made them, you're able to give and receive love. Can I tell you something I've learned even in the last while? You a lot of times love others through your gift. But what they want many times is for you to love them on the basis of the grace of God and understand their gift. And it creates a greater dynamic when you begin to understand one another. A lot of this series you're, you're finding is not just about us understanding ourselves, but it's also about understanding people that are close to us and people we walk with and even the person just walking down the street that may be different than us from a different background. And so grace, 
the grace of God, very important. Let's look at these gifts and I wanna unpack them, okay? I wanna unpack them at a, at, a, at a very basic level for you, but let's read them. It says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. Notice the exhortation on the backside of saying the gift, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So let's look at these gifts and let's unpack them a little bit at a deeper level and let's answer these couple of questions. One, how do I know what my gift is? Well, you first need to understand the biblical gifts so that you can begin to activate that gift that God has placed on the inside of you. Let's look at this first one, prophecy. Now, a lot of times people get confused by that because when you see the word prophecy, the most common understanding of that in our minds is that you can foretell the future. Did you know in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that the Holy Spirit can manifest in our lives for the common good and that you can have what's called a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, meaning you can, not based on your own ability, but based on God's ability, understand circumstances and situations in a given situation that, that you are able to offer encouragement to someone, okay? And so there can be that. Did you, again, we're encouraged that all may prophesy, but because in just my understanding, again, these 1 Corinthians 12 gifts I didn't grow up with, so as I began to learn and began to kind of try to understand what God's saying and how we pursue these things, it was important, this delineation, and maybe it'll be helpful for you. These 1 Corinthians 12 gifts manifest in our lives. These are how we're made. So I don't believe when we're talking about prophecy here, we're necessarily talking about the common uh, understanding of that if you understand 1 Corinthians 12. This is more foretelling, or it might be better described in our minds as prophetic insight, meaning how you see the world. And so these people are bold, they're outspoken, they're committed to truth. I put some little icons on there for you as well because they see things, they, they see deeper, they, they have a commitment to the truth. They don't see any kind of, of, of perspective or dynamic. These are clean lines type people, are you with me? These are people that it's like right or it's wrong, no in between. Come on now, some of you are bumping your spouse. It's like, yeah, that's you, that's you. you. It's just like you see the world with very clean lines. They're committed to the truth. This gift is important because they help us in understanding and discerning our world and helping us to not be a, be a people that might even compromise God's best for our lives. It's a needed gift. These gifted people help us along the way. I'll talk to you again about how it's important how these interchange. Serving. These people are energized by meeting practical needs. Now I wanna say we're all called to serve because Jesus took on the posture of a servant. In the kingdom of God, the way you go up is you go down. So serving is part of the life of following Jesus, but I don't know if you have someone around your life who they inspire you to service because they have the gift of service. 
They have that gift. I think about one of my nephews who has this gift. He, he just has a gift of service and when we had, we do a little thing for young men when they are coming in to age, it's kind of like a Jewish bar mitzvah that we have and we call them into manhood and we pray for them because we believe our culture needs strong men and at his we took out a basin of water and we washed his feet to tell him, we need your gift because you inspire us to service. These are the people that you wanna go to their house. Come on, you don't wanna go to the prophet's house. They think you should find it on your own. But you do wanna go to that servant's house where they just want everybody to experience the grace of God and they have that hospitality. Teaching, these are people, this is important to understand, they not only love sharing information, they love studying the information. Studying, learning, and they wanna help others grow in their understanding. Again, even outside the church. Did you know teachers are always teaching? They always wanna pull you aside. Let me tell you how this works. Let me tell you how you can understand this better. Let me help you with this. Teachers are always teaching, and they're the people that help us again in the brain level. And so the next deal is the encouragement. They're always ready to inspire and motivate. They, they think encouragement all the time. They're the people you wanna be around when you have a bad day. They're the ones that are always inspiring and motivating and encouraging, giving. Once again, we should all be encouragers. We should offer an encouraging word in the right season. All of us should give, but did you know there are people who have the gift of giving right here listed in the Bible? They are people who handle usually and manage resources well. They, they have the gift to handle resources and they are inspired, they sense God's hand on their life when they're meeting practical needs and giving to others. Givers give, they're, they're, they're blessed in giving, so this is one of the gifts listed. The next one is leadership. And again, I, I don't want you to think this means you have a prominent position or even a prominent title. You're leading in your home. You're leading in some type of setting. There's leadership opportunities all the time to influence others. They find fulfillment when a group of people accomplish a goal together. One of my definitions of leadership in the home in your school, any, any place, is taking a group of people where they would naturally or normally think they wanna go, and when they get there, they say, we did it. We did it, and they sense an ownership, and it's better for God's hand and God's plan for their lives. Here's the final one that's listed, mercy. It might be the heart. This is the person who senses. Now, it's not just the person who offers mercy, they sense the joy and the stress of other people. They feel from God, they feel God's heart for others when they're in pain. We have a lady that is a volunteer and I'm always inspired. I'm inspired by the way the, the people that offer mercy and grace to so many people in our community within our church and I'll hear about maybe a tragic situation or our pastoral care team will talk about like a young lady who passed away from a brain tumor and recently and I'll hear about these things that people are in pain and they're struggling and I'm always amazed one by the way you love other people but 
There's a lady named Vicki who has this calling. She has this anointing to help people in grief. And I always hear her name. She's always the one to show up. And she just is anointed by God and gifted by God and God's grace on her life to show up. And not always, again, it's not about having the answers or the solutions, but the mercy of God comes through her by his grace. Such a powerful thing when you see someone offer the mercy and compassion of God outside of themselves. So you say, okay, I've got these, I see those. Maybe you are relating to some of those. There may be someone around your life who go, I see that one in you. I recognize that in you. But let's talk about why maybe, I'm being very practical this weekend, all of you online, why though, would you have this gift and it not be flowing out of you? Why would it not? Is it because, well, I haven't had enough opportunities or I don't have a position or I don't have a title or no one's recognized it in me? Notice the exhortation of all the gifts. It doesn't say if you have the gift of giving, then give generously when everything is perfectly right. If you're a teacher, then teach when you get some kind of lectern or some kind of atmosphere. No, it just says, Use that gift by the grace of God. So what's holding me back from using my gift? Well, let's go back to our graph and let me talk to you about some of the barriers and some of the things that happen. Again, this prophetic insight gift, this black and white understanding of the world where you see this clear contrast, you see the different, you don't see the shades, you see these right and wrong scenarios, you see clean lines, you, 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 you have an internal feeling about that, that is not right. The thing I would encourage you with that could be holding you back is you can't value being right over relationships. Because you have to work at not just your IQ about the situation, but your EQ about the situation because for you to offer your gift, you have to understand that word grace. That God may be in his grace pointing out to you things, but if you don't work overtime to build relationships, you may be right, but you'll be alone. You may be right and have no one to share what's right. Anybody married to a prophetic insight person, you're like, yeah, he's talking to you. It's like the guy told me one time, he said, Pastor, I felt like you were preaching to me. I said, well, I wasn't preaching to the church down the street. I was preaching to you. Come on now. So we've got to work at that relational side if that's our, our gift, okay? Serving, meeting practical needs. This, this gift, you can tend to overcommit. Overcommit to too many opportunities of service and not be able to give your best to the things God has called you. Can I give you an encouraging word if you have that serving gift? And that is, you need to consistently be in tune with the Holy Spirit to ask God what he's called, anointed, and appointed you to serve in. You have to keep discerning from God where he wants you to offer that service gift. And the other thing that can happen if you're a servant-oriented person is you can start to get upset with everyone else that's not serving. There's a story of that in the Bible, Mary and Martha. Mary was just worshiping, you know, Jesus. Martha's like, get a towel. Love me the way I've received love, show up. I know I heard of a story of a lady in our church where her kids told her, she said, look, we love 
the fact that you make everything great at the house and you do all these things for us, but when we come here, we love the food, we love the service, we love how you take care of everything, but we came here to be with you. We want you to spend time with us. That was a revelation where she was like, okay, wait a minute, I am using my gift, but I need to also be aware of how to love others the way they want to be loved. Teaching, here's what can happen to the teacher. Overemphasis on information and intelligence or knowledge. If you are a teacher, let me encourage you with this. The goal when people leave is not to say, wow, that person is really smart. The goal is not to leave and say, wow, they know a lot of stuff I don't know. The goal of the teacher is to make the information understandable and accessible so it becomes transformative to the person who's receiving it. So you may feel a block with your teaching because you're just really fired up about the latest, greatest knowledge that you've got. There's only one problem. You haven't discerned your audience. Your audience wants help with what they care about. They don't wanna leave and say, wow, that person's really smart. And so teachers are needed. By the way, in the Bible, you are asked and required to understand you're under a stricter judgment if you teach from the word of God to make sure that the information that you're sorting out and that you like is going to have a God-type impact on the lives of the people that you share the information with. And just because you have a lot of information doesn't mean you have the gift to teach. I think about my own dad, he taught himself calculus. He, taught, he, he was a self-trained engineer. He was a terrible teacher. When I'd have a math problem, he'd be like, do that. I'd be like, awesome, that was great. I mean, I appreciate the fact you understand it. I don't, I'm more confused now after you talk to me. Someone naturally knows how to do something. Sometimes they're not great teachers at conveying it, but teachers need to teach. Encouragement, they can get stuck in discouragement themselves. And so that's what the enemy's strategy is, is to attack you and your gift. And so the encourager always needs encouraged as well, all right? And the other one that I put here is, is flattery and oversimplify solutions. Can I encourage some of you that are just naturally encouragement-oriented people? Sometimes the deeper level encouragement comes from not just a simple, it's gonna be okay, God's with you, you got this, this is awesome, but to get down in the situation, get down into what they're feeling, get down into the place where they are and to really understand what they're trying to say. That's, that, that offers a greater level of encouragement. Giving, you can feel taken advantage of. If you have the gift of giving and people find out, they're going to begin to be your friend. They're gonna to begin to say, I wanna meet with you. I wanna to talk to you because everybody loves a giver. Givers have lots of opportunities to exercise their gift and so they can feel taken advantage of. They can be overly consumed with outcomes. Notice what the scripture says. If you have this gift, then give generously. Give generously. I'm not saying you shouldn't be a steward. We have people in our church that have this gift. You should have, uh, be a good steward. You should, should understand. You should have people you walk with that help you with these decisions. But I do wanna say, here's how the enemy attacks a person in the giving realm, is they get overly consumed with bottom line, just direct transactional, how I give and what happened and how this happened and they didn't do this. Well, you need to be a good steward, you need to be wise with your giving investment, but you also need to understand that God sorts those things out. Don't let it rob you 
of your giving gift. Leadership, the challenge with leaders, you become top down, become positional, forget the fact that he who is leading in a leadership gift and has no team and has no one following and respecting their leadership, it doesn't matter how strong of a personality or how great their ideas are, if no one's following, you're not being effective as a leader. So you have to understand those relational things. And mercy's the final one. Here might be blocking some of you if you have that mercy gift. This could be a barrier. And that is when you get close to people and you feel their pain and you feel their stress, you have to be really careful in feeling what they feel, showing them the love of God, but not taking on personally their offenses. Because if you have that gift, you get close to them. And by the way, in Proverbs it says, everyone's offense, they seem right until you talk to the other party. I encourage mercy folks. It's like you gotta, you gotta make sure that you understand you're getting one side of the story when you talk to a person, but you can't take that offense on. And even just taking on the pain and the burdens of other people can weigh you down to such a degree that you're not able to offer your gift. So some of those may be barriers to you actually releasing that gift. You say, what is a solution though? I think one of the largest solutions is just to stay engaged. It's like one of my main mottos in life is, he who doesn't quit, she who doesn't quit, ultimately in the end becomes more of who God's called them to be. If you just don't quit and you stay engaged and you stay in the environment and you learn and you grow and you work and you understand the other person even when you don't understand the other person and you kind of work through the process, here's what God's doing. He's shaping and refining and developing your gift to be more of a distribution of his grace in the lives of other people. A church, a home, a business, a team, a friendship can become an environment if the grace of God is central where everyone develops in their gifts, but there's a requirement on the people in those atmospheres as well. So if you have any ability to shape an atmosphere, then you need to take that responsibility very seriously. But let me say this, all of us are sons, daughters, teammates, friends, we are all part of the body of Christ. We are members of one body. So we have to respect and love one another in all of these areas and have grace for one another. And I like to think of it this way. If you have the ability to set an environment in your home or your team or whatever, I like to think of it this way. And it's kind of a discovery channel meets now the new farm to table world. And it's an incubator. How many of you have ever incubated eggs? Y'all do know this is now new and in style. A friend of mine is building chicken coops for the new hipster version of life where you can eat your own eggs. Come on, everybody. People in the city trying to live like they're in the country and people in the country trying to move to the city. Come on, anyway. An incub how many of y'all, not, not many of you, how many of you have ever seen someone incubate eggs? You've watched someone. You haven't watched the Discovery Channel. Anybody? Okay, all right. Because we're gonna learn something in church this, this weekend. An incubator is, again, a simulated environment. My grandmother used to incubate eggs, okay? And so the goal is to, to have these chicks, the potential inside these eggs to come out. 
I didn't know this, but I researched it this week. The temperature is very important. So there's a certain temperature, 80 something degrees minimum, but not too hot, but not too cold. Moisture, this is how God created the, the hen, has the ability to kind of create this atmosphere, but moisture, the humidity of the environment is important. Did you know you have to rotate those eggs on a daily basis so they don't stay on one side? But yet, the atmosphere has to be right, but yet there comes a moment where the potential in that egg begins to come out and that little chick has to begin to peck its way out of the egg. So even parents, let me encourage you with this. Your job is to set the atmosphere. Did you know if you undo that egg and you do it for that little chick, that that chick will not have the strength and the muscle capacity to survive. That chick will lay there because it did not have develop in the pecking out of the egg process. This is something that needs to shift in our culture. Atmosphere setters need to set the right temperature, the right humidity, but there's an element that your boss, that your parent, that your friend, that your culture can't peck you out of the egg. You have to begin to exercise. You have to begin to develop. You have to stay engaged in the process. You have to keep learning. You have to keep growing. And if you do, you'll offer your gift to the people around you. And sometimes you'll offer things that you don't know to people that you've never met if you'll keep offering it to glorify God by his grace. Let's bow our heads to pray. If you're watching online, you're at 1230. We can't offer our gifts until we first surrender our lives to Jesus. If you're here and you've never, you're listening to me online, you've never just said, Jesus, here's my life. I surrender my life to you. I make you this promise. The things he's put inside of you will begin to grow and develop and be a blessing as you first surrender your whole world and your whole life to him. Just say, Jesus, here I am. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. Become my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. Come into my life and save me. Second of all, Lord, I pray for those that are in that search process or maybe they're in one of those barriers or in some challenging process. They feel misunderstood. They feel like they're not growing and using and offering their gift. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them today to offer their gifts, to, if they have the gift of service, to serve. If they have the gift to give, they would give. Lord, if they are in one of those areas where some of these things are, are, are challenging, I pray, Lord, that we would all lean on your grace, that your grace would flow through us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.